basically people go to the internet to and especially youtube to find to either be entertained or to find answers to their problems and so if your video has an answer to someone's problem then you want to make sure that question is in your tag What's going on, everybody? It is September 14th, 2020, and you are listening to episode 12 of the Candid Clarinetist podcast. So I wanted to first start off and thank everyone who tuned into our live stream last week and who has been liking and sharing our content on YouTube and social media. My name is Sam Rothstein, acting principal clarinet of the Indianapolis Symphony Orchestra and the host of the Candid Clarinetist podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave a rating on your favorite podcasting platform so you have immediate access to episodes as soon as they are available for download. Joining me today is Callie Laughlin, who is a freelance clarinetist and teacher in the Chicagoland area and the creative mind behind her fantastic YouTube channel, Callie's Clarinet Channel. How's it going today, Callie? Hey, Sam. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's going to be a really great, really interesting episode. We're going to talk about um, content creation on today's episode, and I'm really interested to pick her brain about sort of what her inspiration was for starting her channel and, you know, all the sort of uh, inside information and find out how the sausage is made uh, for her for her YouTube channel. So it's going to be really exciting. So let's just dive right in, right in if you don't mind. Uh, what inspired you to create your YouTube channel? Oh, man. So let's see. Back in 2014, I had been working a full-time job in downtown Chicago. I was a concierge. And I've been working there for a couple of years and I really loved the job. It was a lot of fun. And for whatever reason, I, I started this job because I was like, all right, I need to, I'm fresh out of college. I need a job where I can, you know, pay my bills, have, uh, have benefits and things like that. Um, and so I was, I was trying to do this full-time job and do freelance at playing and take auditions and build a private studio. And it got to the point where, I was basically not sleeping at all. I would like teach all morning and then work that all afternoon and evening. And if I had a gig or whatever, I would like leave early and go do that. And it, it ended up just becoming, yeah, just just really difficult. So um, I, I also found myself thinking like, okay, I just, I really need a platform. I need a place where I could just kind of do my own thing and be creative in whatever way I wanted, um, you know, and I'm like, I need to start a YouTube channel. I mean, I love teaching, I love playing, and I actually really love making videos. And so it seemed like the perfect place for me to do that. And so, um, and, and so I, I started making videos and I thought, well, you know, if I want to quit this full-time job, I'm going to have to figure out a way to make ends meet. And I thought, well, the best way to do that is uh, for, 
for me anyway, is, would be to uh, build a private teaching studio. And of course, once you have an idea in your head, you want things to happen immediately. And I was like, okay, well, what do I have? How can I stand out from all the other clarinet players who are, um, you know, applying for jobs here and there and asking asking schools to recommend them for teaching and everything like that. And I'm like, oh, I've got these YouTube videos. Um, like, I think my first, uh, my first one was clarinet embouchure checklist. And um, so I sent that to like 30 or 40 different schools um, in the Chicago area. And within just a few weeks, I had enough interest um, in me coming into the schools and like teaching private lessons to the kids that I was able to quit my job and just do private teaching full time, which, um, you know, I was sad to see the the concierge job go because it was a lot of fun, but um, it was a really great turning point in my life and career to just go into teaching full time. And, you know, and that actually allowed me to practice as much as I needed to for auditions and and take gigs and, and not, you know, lose sleep from only you know, having to work so many things all at once. So that's that's kind of um, how that how that came to be. That's really interesting that you used your video as like sort of your job application or as like part of your resume. That's that's interesting because like right now, uh, obviously the the Indianapolis Symphony isn't playing, and and I've been tr- kind of poking around in the different schools and trying to build my studio. So maybe I should just uh, send in my podcasts instead of <laughs> instead of emailing all the teachers. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, it's a good way for them to kind of see your personality in action. And I think um, your a person's ability to play their instrument is important when it comes to teaching private lessons. But I think uh, personality also plays a big role in, um, in, in that as well. Um, because, of course, you know, teachers, band directors, they want to recommend people that um, they think are going to, you know, really nurture the kids and kind of... Um, build them up and make them into a good player, you know, like, like you are. And um, so I think it's, it's a good way to attract the right kind of people. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, why did you pick, you you sort of touched on this earlier, but why did you pick YouTube as your platform of choice rather than like, I mean, there's so many choices now. There's Instagram, Facebook, uh, you can make your website, Twitch, obviously here, Um, you know, it was just a TikTok now, I guess. Um, yeah. So, so why yeah, did you choose YouTube? Well, I mean, at the time, um, I wasn't really interested in writing blog posts. Um, there were, uh, there were, and still are, a lot of people writing really great blog posts for, for clarinet pedagogy in the clarinet world. And well, I'll tell you more about my plans with that later. But um, I, I wasn't really interested in doing that, and. Uh, I really liked, I liked Instagram. I still do like Instagram a lot, but I don't think they had video capability longer than like 60 seconds um, in 2014 when I had originally started doing YouTube. Or if I, if they did, um, I didn't know about it. Um, And um, I actually like Instagram a lot better now (laughs) than Mm -hmm. I used to. Um, But, um, and I mean, I I just, I love making video content. So uh, it it was a great way for me to do like, kind of indulge myself in one, a hobby that I've had since I was a kid. um, And, and, you know, just kind of explore um, as, you know, 
a hobby video maker and also combine that with something that I'm well trained in, um, you know, clarinet stuff. So, um, yeah, that's kind of why I went with YouTube as the main platform. Yeah, that's an interesting comment, too, because uh, I, mean, I have a perfect personal confession to make, which is I don't love listening to just audio recordings. Um, I, but there's something about being able to watch and see what people are doing that really adds a significant amount, in my opinion. So, like, if, if someone says, hey, do you want to watch, you know, a live stream of a Berlin Phil concert? I'm like, yes. But, yeah, if, so, but sure. if someone says, hey, do you want to listen to the, you know, Berlin Phil Ein Heldenleben recording? I'm like, eh, you know, sure. <laughs> I can do that in <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's really interesting that you you chose that because I, I really, you know, you mentioned your, it shows your personality and it's, it's just, it's a more complete um, creative outlet than, than some of the other things like blog, like writing and stuff like that. Yeah, and I think it, um, depending on who the YouTuber is, obviously, um, you can make it as personal or as distant as you want it to be. And I, I prefer it to feel a little bit more personal. And so um, <clears throat> that's kind of um, how, how that came to be. So, yeah, that's interesting you said that. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's ironic that I also just said that and I have a podcast and not... <laughs> well, you know what? Okay, so when it comes to podcasts, though... Uh, like, I mean, I don't know about you, but I love just putting on a good podcast when I have a long drive to do or if I'm going out for a walk or even just like cleaning. Sometimes you don't want to listen to music. You want to hear voices and people talking. So um, it, it's a little different when it comes to podcasts. I think. Sure. Yeah. I mean, one excuse me, the one interesting thing about podcasting, too, is like it's it's become the thing that people do sort of when they're trying to fill space that, that otherwise wouldn't be filled. You know, like you said, like, I mean, I usually, my, my new routine is to do it when I walk my dog in the morning um, because, you know, usually I would have just walked around with, you know, either listening to music or something, but now I just listen to podcasts. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So what kinds yeah. of things do you post on your channel? Um. Well, lately it's, it's really, I mean, I not lately, it's mostly um, teaching kinds of videos and so um my early videos um i i kind of i was really into makeup tutorials and so i was like i want to do clarinet videos kind of like that and so like if you watch embouchure checklist or how to clean a clarinet mouthpiece it's all like very step by step and i know it's like any other tutorial but i had makeup tutorials in mind because that's what i did I'll, like that was how i binge watched youtube at that time <laughs> Um, but, uh, and then as, as I kind of got more into it, I, um, I, I've, I just kind of go through waves of inspiration and, and different kinds of things. And, um, eventually I kind of came to what I started in March or April, um, where every week, um, on Saturday mornings, I post a video where I, I just talk about maybe a couple of fun things that maybe happened that week while teaching or anything that's on my mind or whatever for a couple of minutes. And then, um, and then I go into 
um, giving viewers just maybe one concept to kind of think about for that week in their practicing. And then I give them one short etude or excerpt or, um, or warm up or something. So the idea uh, for the videos I've been doing now, the idea behind it is to just give viewers um, a little something else to do in their practicing that maybe they um, wouldn't have otherwise added in to their practicing or, um, you know, just as a supplement to what they're already doing with lessons or, um, I mean, back whenever we all were in lockdown, nobody was going to band class or nobody was playing in orchestra. So you didn't really have instruction um, in person. So the idea was to just kind of give viewers a little more to, to practice and to kind of keep everyone's mind in the game while we're kind of stuck in limbo. So yeah, I think that's fantastic. And I've, I've kind of gone through this with uh, my podcast topics, but do you ever get sort of stuck? Like, you're just like, man, I don't really know what to do for my next video. <laughs> yeah, actually, I have, which is funny, because I'll go through like, periods of time, like I'll drink like a pot of coffee, and I'll be like, all these ideas. And so I have pages and pages and so many notebooks of different ideas. And then it'll come down to like, I've got to record so many videos this week. And I'll be like, I don't know what to record. I don't have anything. I have nothing good. Right. <laughs> and uh, it's a combination between knowing like, what I, I mean, I've kind of learned I can't record too far in advance, because then it's not as relevant to maybe what's going on in in the world. I, I mean, I'm not saying I do current events or anything like that, but mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, if you're if you're comparing um, beginner mouthpieces, it's probably a better idea to post videos on that now than like in like January when right because the kids are just starting, starting you know stuff yeah. like that. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I do often get that gets stuck but when that happens I just I, I try to just kind of flip through my list of ideas and uh and get, get um a new you know idea through through that so For yeah sure. yeah absolutely I, I I'm kind of the same way as you where I like I'll go through spurts where like I get tons of ideas and then but I unlike you I won't write them down and then I go through sports where I'm just like, I don't know what I need to do. I don't know what my, who my guest is going to be. I don't know what I'm going to do for my next episode. So um, it's interesting that like uh, that we sort of experience the same thing when you're creating stuff. You just like you go through these days where you're like, OK, I have all these ideas. I just need to like put them on the page and do them. And then you go through sports where like I have no ideas. What do I do? <laughs> so, yeah, well, and then a lot of times um, now that you mentioned that a lot of times I'll have an idea where in the moment it feels like it would be really, really great to do. And I'm like, I have to just start this right now and I have to do this right now. And then I like record a bunch of stuff for it. And then like three days later, I'm like, oh, this is stupid. And I like trash it. <laughs> so I've had a lot of, a lot of um, days like that where I just, I just uh, waste a lot of time <laughs> making, con not making content, but recording video that ends up just not being usable too. So I'm, yeah. I'm getting better at that process. Though. Yeah. Uh, very cool. So how often do you post then? How often do you post your videos? Um, well, since March, I've been posting one to two times a week. So Saturday is clarinets, cats and coffee. And I've, I've already talked about what I do for that. And if I post, um, 
if I post during the week, it'll usually be, it'll be like maybe a rosé toot or in August I recorded um, duet play along videos for my studio and for viewers and stuff. So um, the, the, the other, the other video is usually, um, you know, just stuff that's not really, um, I can't really do a series on, on those things. So, yeah. Cool. Um, so you said that your, your stuff is mostly like pedagogical and like student focused. And so would you say that that's sort of your typical target audience for your content? Yeah. I mean, I think, and I've actually, I've learned a lot about, um, the people who watch my videos and who share my videos. And so, um, uh, over the past few months, especially, and, um, there it, it's basically the people who watch the videos are are the are people who are just looking to kind of brush up on their fundamentals or maybe learn a different perspective um, from you know maybe what their teachers tell them and so it's um, you know some some kids are like early in high school and they're preparing for their chair placement auditions and some people are in college and, um, you know, maybe they're Google searching some topic their teacher talked about that day. And then others are, um, you know, maybe they are in their mid sixties and they haven't played clarinet for 30 years and they're really ambitious and they want to get back into it. And so they'll, um, watch my videos and comments. So it's a wide variety, but the thing I think that ties everything, everyone together is, um, just clarinet fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I will I will give a plug for your channel that it is not just for students and not just for people learning. It is also I I've enjoyed watching the videos and sort of Aww. discovering yeah discovering you know new warm up ideas and because I'm you know I'm always trying to mix things up and find some new things and and it seems like you're really dialed into that stuff and so I you know I I, I recommend it for anyone. It's not just for people trying to. It's just for everybody who's a clarinet player or a musician. So. Um, so oh, there you go. You. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, so how, this is a big one. How much time and work does it take to create one video? Um, okay, it depends on the video. Um, so for for the Saturday morning videos, it may take maybe 30 minutes to record, and editing may take me two to four hours, and then. <laughs> the other stuff like making a thumbnail writing a description for the video um figuring out all the keyword tags to put in and um you know notifying everybody who follows me and everything so all of that could take anywhere from one to three hours because i also i also make pdfs um to go along with most of the videos so you can just download it and you have it um cool. as well so that that could take so for for the saturday morning videos anywhere from like uh anywhere from like four to i don't know six hours total editing and then for 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 more difficult videos like um when i played along with um Barbara of Seville from uh, Michael Lowenstern's um, channel. That took so many hours to edit because I had I had the two Callies and I had to line everything up, and it was a fun project. But I I think I maybe spent at least thirty five video or videos thirty five hours editing this video. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I'm so done. I'm so done with with. Uh, posting videos with two Callies. Couldn't get away from it. I kept posting <laughs> duet videos. So, yeah. 
yeah, it's, it, I think that that's really the funny part about these videos is like, um, I don't know if you saw, I posted a video of myself playing the Avengers theme. I did like an that arrangement. That was so cool. Yeah, so recording that took maybe an hour, like did like one, maybe two takes of each part. Editing that stupid thing took an entire day. Because not only do I have to learn the software, but I also my computer's a little, can't really handle that many video, you know, because these files are very heavy, especially if you shoot in HD. And then you're trying to make it look cool. And so like all these things <laughs> yeah. take a long time. And then like you said, making the description, sending it out on social media, like all this stuff takes a lot of time. And I think that people don't realize, they see the video and they're like, oh, that's really cool video, you know, but even a five minute video takes you know, probably a couple hours at least to, to edit, depending on how much you want to do. Yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, the, I don't know about you, but um, when you're sitting there and you're, and you're editing a video that takes that much time, are you like, I probably, I, I, I only played my instrument an hour today. I could have like accomplished so much in my practice if I just practiced instead of edited this video yes so exactly. I, I often do it like in the evening like when I know my neighbors would not want to hear me practicing and like <laughs> yeah for but, sure yeah yeah it's a it's a lot of work and um too we were talking before we we, we can't we went live but all the advertising and social media stuff I don't know how much you do but I mean, that stuff takes a ton of time because there's not like a one size fits all. You have to, you know, Instagram, you have all the different tags and then Facebook's a whole nother animal. And then if, I, if you have a website, whether it's WordPress or Squarespace or whatever your, you know, website coding is, that takes a while to do that. And so you have to do all these things just to get like the one episode or the one video out. So it's a, it's a lot of work for sure. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So this is mainly, this next question is mainly for me, but what kind of recording equipment and editing software do you use for your videos? Um, okay, so for a long time, I, I just had like a really basic Canon point and shoot camera. And at the time that was good enough, but last year I, um, I decided I would upgrade some of my equipment. So um, I ended up buying um, a Canon a bridge camera because it was cheap and also it could record really nice video in HD and I actually sadly only recorded maybe five or six videos total on that camera before I dropped it and broke it oh, no. um so uh the the one that I've I kind of um ended up getting uh to replace that is actually a Canon G7 Mark II and it's a mirrorless point-and-shoot camera that takes, like, really, really great quality video. And you can adjust the aperture down, um, like, very to a very low number. I don't really know camera speed or whatever, <laughs> gotcha. but you can adjust the aperture, and you can get that really nice, clean look where the foreground is clear and the background is a little bit blurry, so your subject is in... Um, is in you know, perfect, uh, view. Right. So, um, I thought that that was all I wanted in, mm -hmm. in my videos was to be able to have that really nice, um, video. So I use that and that it, it's a great camera. And I also bought a, an 18 inch, uh, newer ring light to go with that. And that's been really great. Cause now I can record basically at any time of the day or night. 
and um, although daytime light is still the best to record in. Um, and then for sound, I actually have to upgrade my sound uh, recording device soon, but I have a really old Zoom H1 Handy recorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, with the right placement, it can get really great sound, but it took like, it took a long time to like figure out where to place it and where to do the settings. And by a long time, I mean like a couple of years because I didn't really uh-huh. record often enough to really care about mic placement and, and levels and stuff. Um, so I would say this year I've really refined my skills in, in that area um, <laughs> with lighting and camera and sound. So. Well, well good yeah. for you. That's great. Um, and I think too, when you're doing all this content creation, like you slowly educate yourself, you know, as you get going. I know yeah. for me, I've gone through some growing pains. Even like last week, I had I had some trouble on my episode, which I, I apologize for. I maxed a couple of times, um, you know, working out the kinks. But um, so, yeah, so with I have a question about your sound. So do you do a different placement for when you're speaking and then a different placement from when you're playing? Or are you able to adjust it sort of uh, if it's in the same place? I've actually experimented a little, little bit with that. And I... Um... I don't, I don't know what it's called, but I have a, it's mic stand. I have a mic stand and I just kind of plug it into that and I stick it through the ring light and I have it pointing at me. So it's maybe like three feet away. And I, the only thing I adjust is the gain. So whenever I go to play, I turn the gain down um, to like, I don't, I don't know, maybe halfway because it's only a few feet away. Um and that seems to be that seems to be pretty good. Um, and and the whenever I'm speaking, I have the gain all the way up, so it um, it sounds pretty clear. But if it's too far away, it catches too much of the air, uh, not the air, the room noise, and it yeah. has a weird tinny sound to it. So if it's closer, it tends to sound better. Even when I'm playing, it sounds better too. Yeah, cool. That's awesome that you've sort of uh, dialed all that stuff in. And good for you for for you know, taking the leap and, and upgrading your stuff. And, and I think, you know, this is a, a total compliment and, and credit goes to you, but, you know, watching your first videos to now, you can definitely tell like the, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, the, the level is, is changed, which is awesome. I mean, that's, that's really great. And it, and it, and it People shows. People still comment on some of the videos, the old videos, and they're like, I can't hear you talk. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, I'm sorry. Yeah. You need to just take those videos down, but. Yeah, but you don't whatever. want to, because then you lose all your views. Right. That's great. Um, So, how have you? I mean, for those who don't know, Kelly has almost thirty-five hundred subscribers. Is that correct? Which is awesome. That's amazing. Um, So, how have you marketed your channel and and gained that amount? Has it just been like word of mouth? You posted on social media. Like, how have you gotten this following? Um, Well, so uh, in the beginning, it was actually, it was actually. Uh, Van Doren that helped me out the most. They saw clarinet amateur checklist and they're like, we want to do a transcription of this. Um, and they, they published an article to go along with the video. And so that was my number one video for a long time. Um, and then I did a, the mouthpiece cleaning video and that surpassed it. I don't know. I guess everybody likes to have a clean mouthpiece. I haven't cleaned my <laughs> mouthpieces, so maybe I need to watch that video. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, but anyway, yeah, so Van Doren helped out a lot, and they've, they've been very, very supportive, actually, over over the years. And um, I'm actually an artist with them, with my clarinet quartet, um, and so I think, um, you know, they've 
you know, they like to help out their artists, I guess. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah, and so that that was a big help. And in addition to that, so that kind of, you know, gave me um, a little bit of uh, credibility and um, kind of allowed, you know, um, a large number of um, school teachers to kind of discover my videos and my um, my content. And so um, I've actually discovered that there are band directors who have like embouchure checklist like in their teaching curriculum. So around this time of year, I see a bump in view time and views for clarinet embouchure checklist. And I think they actually use it to help teach beginners, which is a really, really good feeling. And um, so that's really, that's been helpful because um, evergreen content is, um, is is really helpful if you ever want to start your own YouTube channel. It may not go viral or whatever, make you instantly famous, but it'll be something that people can go back to year after year because it never changes. It just it um, it's the same fundamental concepts year after year. So I think that's been helpful, just kind of word of mouth, people coming back and reteaching the content. Um, and some of the other uh, things that have kind of helped with um, with marketing. Um, I've, I've gotten better at learning about keyword searching and tags and um, better modifying my tags to fit keyword searches. So people are now just like, um, you know, clarinet throat tension and then a video pops up on that from my uh for my content so that's been that's also kind of been helpful and then um yeah and I think I think that's it and you know people just kind of sharing and um and coming back week after week stuff like that so with, yeah for sure so with the key keyword tags um can you explain that that's like in the description of the like when you're making and uploading the video there's like a section in the YouTube studio where you can put in tag words and then it yeah. helps like optimize the search. Yeah, for a long time, I didn't really understand what those actually did. And so I would just put individual words, but um, you'll actually have better luck if you put in phrases. So if you, for example, I brought up the video on throat tension. So, you know, if you just, you know, type into YouTube or Google clarinet throat tension or throat tension on clarinet or how to fix throat tension on clarinet. Any, any kind of iteration of that, those are the phrases you want to have in your video. So basically people go to the internet to, and especially YouTube to find, to either be entertained or to find answers to their problems. And so if your video has an answer to someone's problem, then you want to make sure that question is in your tags. Wow, that's really interesting. I uh, I'm glad I learned that because that's that's I mean, and that's great advice. So people go to the internet to find answers to their problems, and that's how you can t really target your content. That's great. Yeah, yeah, that's really awesome. Um, so you have a, web a website as well. How important do you think that your website has been, sort of, for your well, both for your career and for your channel? Is it like sort of like the central hub? Would you say? Um, <sighs> my website my website is it's been under I, I've, I've been trying to redo my website for over a year now um, but I think 
it's been really helpful, um, mainly just for my teaching studio. That's where new students go to sign up for lessons. Um, and I put different articles up there, like how to pick out an instrument and, and things like that. And so it's, I mean, a lot of my website is mainly geared toward my studio and, um, but I'm redoing it and I'm going to have, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be different, but kind of the same. And it's going to run a lot better. My current website is very slow and, um, it's just, it's bad. So, (laughs) but yeah, um, I think, I think it is important. And if anything, it's probably holding me back right now. Um, so uh, it's got to, yeah, it needs to change. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. I'm actually in the process of designing a Squarespace website, um, for, for the podcast. Um, just, just so I do have that central hub, you know, where people can go and mm-hmm. if they Google it, they'll just, they'll, it'll take them there and they'll be able to learn all about me and all about the podcast. And I think that, um, you know, it's, I'm, I'm learning that it's very important to have that presence, uh, just in, in like a Google search, uh, where you can have yeah. this homepage. It's like, okay, this is how I can get to all of that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so congratulations. You recently got approved <laughs> for monetization on YouTube, which for those who are not familiar is a is no small feat. Um, so can you talk about your path to that and what the requirements are? Because they're pretty stringent. Yeah. Um, so back when I started my channel, um, it was pretty easy to monetize. I think Oh, I can't remember now. I think you only needed 100 subscribers and 10,000 views. And that was it. And that was pretty much like you just ask your immediate family to watch your videos a few times and your your best friends and things to watch your videos a few times. And they tell their friends to subscribe and that's it. And, you know, it was pretty, pretty easy in the beginning. And so um, just because it was easy, though, didn't mean that I made any money from it. Right. I think it took like two years maybe to see a check in the mail from YouTube. So it was like, you know, it took a while. Um, Anyway, so let's see. I was starting, I can't remember what year it was, but I I did the series called The Weekly Practice Tip and the content was good. The videos are very bad, but but I was gaining some momentum from that and I was like, okay, I'm going to buy new equipment and I'm going to keep doing this, this, uh, keep doing videos. And then YouTube was like, Oh yeah. Anybody who has, I already had a thousand over a thousand subscribers, but my view time was like terrible. So the main thing, um, a couple of years ago, YouTube decided that, um, in order to monetize, they're trying to make, make advertisers happy. Right. So Mm -hmm. in order to monetize, you have to have 4,000 hours of view time in 12 months. And, at least a thousand subscribers. And so when I started YouTube, I was like, I want to keep my videos five minutes or less. I want them to be short and concise and shareable. And so that's all I did. And so you could, with the, the number of um, people who had subscribed to my channel, like it would be completely impossible to reach 4,000 hours within um, a year. So I decided it was like, I'm not posting anything ever again. And I just like didn't post anything for a year. And, and then I was like, I I kept coming up with ideas for videos because I love making videos. It's so much fun. And so I'm like, you know what, no matter what, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna make videos as I feel like it. And I'm going to use it for teaching. And so I 
made up different exercises and things and I would give kids the the music and I would say, go watch this video if you need help with it. But, you know, I, I would show them what they needed to know and they could use the video to like review. Um, and so that's kind of what I settled into. It was like every couple of months I would like post something and um, I wasn't really expecting much from that. And then and then the pandemic happened and um, it was kind of crazy. Uh, my, how to clean a clarinet mouthpiece got like, I don't know, like 5,000 views in like a couple of weeks, like in March. And I was like, oh my God. And my, my view time like quadrupled because of the pandemic, right? Because everyone that needed time. to clean their mouthpiece. Exactly. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start posting more because people are looking at my channel right now. So, um, and so I, I was like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to see, I'm going to try to, to get 4,000 hours in the next few months. And so I posted every week and then some really cool people started to support my channel on Patreon. And that's been a very special um, experience as well, um, but I can talk about that later. But um, and so uh, you know they like were just they just really kept me motivated to like keep everything going and um, and then yeah finally reached the the goal of four thousand hours and it's exciting because I finally have a process a consistent process for editing videos as well. Like the more you do it, the easier it becomes, right? And so um, I've um, I've pretty much, I've really streamlined my editing process where it used to take me a lot longer to edit videos. And now it's, now it's not so bad. Good. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what do you then, I mean, this is sort of piggybacking on the last question, but, uh, you talked about your Patreon. Uh, can you explain what that is? And also like, there's other ways, cause you know, the, the YouTube ads, you get a some cut from the ad revenue, but it's certainly not substantial uh, unless you have yeah. like millions and millions of views um so can you talk about like the other ways that you can monetize your channel because there are there are various paths um patreon being one of them so maybe that'd be a good place to start yeah i mean um patreon has been really great i mean i'm looking at it as just kind of like like a tip jar for the people who you know like my content and who watch it regularly it's a way for them to thank me so um i have um just like a three dollar tier for my my uh, youtube followers and then i have different tiers that lead up to like the top tier where you can get private lessons and things like that and um so that's that's a way um that you can you can monetize and the cool thing about patreon is you know, you can offer different perks for your uh, patrons at, at different levels. And so um, most of my perks involve, um, you know, just like maybe the teaching tip of, of the month or something, or like um, you get the PDF early before the video is released so you can practice and play along with me when the video comes out or um, or, or private lessons. Um, and I think recording feedback is one of the other perks. So you can send me a recording and I'll tell you what I think, you know. And um, so, so that's cool. Um, some other ways you can monetize. Um, you can do affiliate marketing. Um, so I'm an Amazon affiliate. Um, that's not really, I don't, I don't think that's a great route for someone in the music industry because 
it just it it just doesn't really pay out that much. It's not like we're trying to sell or sell, you know, it's not what like we're helping market, you know, $500 cameras and you get a 5% cut of a $500 camera. It's like, here's this $20 ligature I play on and, you know, you might get, you know, 30 cents from that or something if somebody buys from your link. So, um, but, you know, that's certainly a way you can market it. And I'm sure, you know, if, <clears throat> if you make videos on like comparing different instruments and everything, it, it might be worth it. Um, but I don't personally want to create content based on affiliate marketing potential. So um, I have it there. It doesn't really pay out that great. Um, another way, I think, um, I think some people have like donate options, maybe through PayPal or something. Um, I haven't really explored that. And another thing you can do is um, get sponsors for your videos. So um, you know, if there's a new application out there that needs some help getting the word out, you can do a product review of it and they'll pay you based on, they usually pay based on your subscriber count and how many views you get and, um, the rate changes, but you know, that, that pays pretty well. It's, you know, a one-time, one-time thing, but, um, those kinds of posts are, are good too, if you want to monetize in that way. So there are lots of things you can do without having, like YouTube monetization enabled. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, lots of different, lots of different options, and um, I think you know, for the people that are lucky and well-rounded, you can sort of take advantage of a little bit here, a little bit there, and um, yeah, that's awesome that you that you're doing all those things. So, what other things do you do other than creating content that helps to sort of round out your career? I know, obviously, you said teaching is a huge part of your career, but I know you also you also play a lot. So, can you just sort of just give us a little, little snippet into your your career. Yeah. Um, well, not much is happening right now. No. <laughs> yeah, for um, anybody. Yeah, for anyone. No. Um, yeah. So um, I play with a few regional orchestras in the area. I sub. Um, I'm on a couple sub lists. And um, oh, well, a big part of my playing career is actually uh, my clarinet quartet, Lake Effect clarinet quartet. Last year, we released our first album, and we went on our very first tour, and so we were hoping to do more of that this year, um, but uh, we've we've been able to do some rehearsing, and um, we have some exciting things coming up, but yeah, so that's a big part of my, my playing life right now, and yeah, yeah. and you know, taking auditions when things uh, come up that I'm interested in, and um, I don't know. I don't know what else I do, but yeah, teaching is like like the a really big thing, mm -hmm. really big thing in my life. How many students do you have? Mm, it depends, um, but right now I think I have um, thirty two, oh, and some of them are half hour, some of them are hour lessons. Um, I try to keep teaching around twenty to twenty five hours a week. Yeah, good for you. That's a lot. Um, a lot. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And uh, sometimes it's rewarding, sometimes it's, you know, not. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that's a that's a that's a quite a robust studio. So good for you for for sort of creating that uh, that thing for yourself. That's really awesome. And the Lake Effect cl Clarinet Quartet, uh, I I believe I I think I sponsored you guys' album, or I, I gave you some sort of donation. Oh my god, you did! Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, if, if I remember, I was like, I know it was a while ago, and no, then. You totally 
Yeah, because one of my uh, one of my old buddies from Civic, Joe Sanchez, is the bass clarinetist of your quartet. And uh, I remember, I I think it was like my first year in Indianapolis, and uh, you know, I, I gave you guys whatever, and and then like I think it was like two years later, he he's like, hey, you you sponsored our CD. Do you want do you want to do you want a copy? I was like, sure. So it was great. <laughs> But yeah, congratulations That's on so your new funny. CD, and I hope that when when conditions improve, obviously you guys can uh, get on the road again and 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 get that going. Because uh, well, I, I I don't know you personally, but I know Joe's a great player, and I'm sure everyone else is. Uh, I'm sure it's a fun time. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so do you have any <laughs> uh, going back to our our main uh, sort of talking point? Do you have any advice for aspiring content creators such as myself? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would say that anybody who's thinking about starting a channel, um, the easy, like, I think the best thing for somebody who's not like a professional actor <laughs> uh, to do is to um, is to just be yourself and not try to, you know, you know, if you're if you're a calm person and you're not super animated don't try to be like bill nye you know or <laughs> something like that right um so i think viewers really value um a genuine personality and that brings me to my ne my next thing i mean i know there are certain youtubers that i follow who i just like their personalities um and or i'll watch you know a few of their videos and i'm like oh that's they're a really cool person even though you're i don't like I don't know I've, I've watched videos of like supermodels and but they're like like really cool people like mm. <laughs> and so I think that's um I think that's important is just being just being yourself and to have a topic that is is somewhat specific so you know if you know you don't you don't want to like post things um that you don't want to post like a bunch of stupid cat videos and then all of a sudden like here's a concert of me and my recital or something like you know um because people are gonna say oh well that's just your personal channel and that's not really worth my time subscribing to so I think it's good to just stay focused on a topic and be yourself and you know, if you if you like to tell stories and if you like to talk a lot, then the people who like that kind of content will subscribe to you, um, and you'll you'll just attract the the right kind of people for your personality. And I think you know that's that's the most important thing. I think it's the the more personal approach. I think is is more valuable in my opinion. Absolutely, I think there's value in just being authentic and like not being yeah um, and of course this is, this is about you it's not about me but you know there's value in being an authentic person and just being yourself because people aren't going to be interested in someone you're trying to be they're going to be interested in you and so you know just making you the focal point of it is probably the way you should go yeah for sure so that's that's what i would say you should go for it. and the other thing is oh i was going to say also for anybody looking to to start their own youtube channel um, don't let somebody else's channel deter you from doing what you want to do. I mean, there are so many channels out there right now for clarinet teaching and pedagogy, but I've, just like there are so many teachers in the world, everybody has their own perspective on things to do. And so if you're a college teacher and you're wanting to recruit people, like just make some videos so potential students can like see your personality and see how you are and what your methods are. And um, I, I would say 
you know, just just do it and you'll find the right audience. Yeah. Awesome. That's that's really great advice. Uh, so before I leave you and this this episode has been fantastic. I mean, just lots of great information and I've learned a ton. But before I leave you, I always give my guests the opportunity. Uh, do you have any last words, shout outs, pieces of advice or words of wisdom? Um, I aside from just be yourself, um, I guess that's it. Yeah. Well, great. Well, thank you, Callie. This has been really awesome. And I hope that, uh, you know, the listeners have learned as much as I have from this episode. And I can't wait to sort of get to work on my own, uh, you know, my own tweaks for my own content. And, and I hope people are inspired to start their own channels or their own Instagram or whatever they want to do. Um, so for our new listeners out there, please make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram at The Candid Clarinetist. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and Callie's YouTube channel. And follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thecandidclarinetist. Remember that we are now live streaming our podcast, our podcast recordings, so please be sure to visit us on Twitch and follow our channel. Once again, I am Sam Rothstein, and thanks for tuning in to the Candid Clarinetist podcast. <laughs>